Welcome everyone to Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian and I am very, very excited tonight because for a first time in a while now, we have a returning friend of the show. It is the ALT baby POP. It is Chad Kowal. Chad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Better now that we're talking, dude. It's been like, I want to say it's been seven years. I think so. I think the, I think the last time we did a did a podcast together, it was for when Farewell dropped the Above It All record. Yes. So, yeah, man. Good memory. Crazy. What I've always enjoyed about you, though, is that throughout the years, we've always kept in touch. So yes. we've always had our discussions. We've talked over Twitter and, and just seen how we've both been keeping up with things. And it's great to see you still in the industry, making the type of music you want to make. Like yeah. that's, that's what I appreciate so much about you. And I know that you're very genuine about it. And I've been harping on that for a little while now with the bands that I've had on the show. I really just want to speak to genuine people. So yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come back on the show, man. Of course. Absolutely, man. I think, uh, now is a really special time for me, um, in my solo endeavor and mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just eager to talk about, uh, the process of everything and uh, share kind of what's been going on. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, before we get started, I know I had a long day. It sounds like you had a long day too when we were <laughs> off air talking and getting ready. What is a typical day like for you? You're still in Arizona, right? Or did you go somewhere else? Uh, I'm still in Arizona, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I just, I just had another band on from Arizona and I think I'm actually going to be seeing another band from Arizona live tomorrow night as well. So nice. Tell me how Arizona is still treating you. Uh, the weather's very bipolar. Sure. Um, last week it was windy and cold and rainy. And today it was, I don't want to say extremely hot because it hasn't, we haven't even seen the half of it yet. <laughs> right. Um, but it's was definitely a lot hotter and I am just, uh, knee deep in, planning i guess the rest of this year it never yes. ends man no it, it doesn't seem like it for you that is no. for sure <laughs> you are someone who keeps extremely busy all the time and that's not even blowing smoke that is just something i've always noticed from you is that you're always doing something so you talked about planning obviously we're going to talk about your past we're going to talk about your present and your future but you talk about planning things out how in-depth do you go with that planning out? Do you have 2023 all planned out? I, well, I guess this kind of leads, segues into the next thing a little bit, but uh, basically I have started to plan and I guess fans have seen a glimpse of what that plan is with the music video for alt pop. Yes. But there's a narrative that has started in alt pop that is going to be stretching into next year. So, oh, okay. Um, it's going to connect through all music videos and further uh, songs for the rest of the year. So I have to be very meticulous mm -hmm. when I make these moves and I plan these things out because I've always been somebody that wants to give people an experience. And it feels like when I had the idea for this concept that I felt like this was too big to just put in one music video and expect for people to get it and like sure. latch onto it. So I kind of started to develop this world, of course, alongside my incredible uh, team that I have, my director, Jacob Reynolds. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for people to 
see and hear what's going on and doing the genre that I'm doing now is really special for me. Mm -hmm. And I know you, you know, as well, because I kind of have come from doing rock music for many years. Right. And I kind of stopped doing that and started writing for DJs for probably about five years. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like when I first started to do this solo project, I was still kind of in the realm of figuring out exactly where my footing was in this world. And I've, I guess, found that my footing is in doing whatever the fuck I want. Nice. Um, And I'm leaning really heavy into that. That's always been a big problem in the past with other bands or other projects that I've done is if it's like a rock band or if it's EDM doing dance music, like I get so bored with doing the same thing over and over again, that Ah. that was kind of like my rule with doing this solo project is like, if I want, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And I mean, thus far fans have been along for the ride. So I'm just very thankful that I'm able to try these different things and use these different paints on the canvas and that fans can kind of um roll with it you know what i mean right well let's let's obviously we're going to deep dive into that but let's uh let's focus on something you mentioned then about the past and about past bands so did you feel because i I don't think we really got into this the last time you were on the show and maybe that's because now you feel a little freer you know you're where you want to be in the type Uh of music you're making but did you feel like you were being held back did you feel like when you had a band around you, it wasn't necessarily the vision of what you actually wanted. You know, when it comes to specifically talking about Farewell My Love, mm-hmm. I had been in that band since I was 19. Right. And yeah. the the meat of when I was in that band, I mean, think about where you're at from 19 to like your mid-20s. Like there's so much change that happens within you and to you. and. Right. I feel like there are there are things that I learned from being in that band that I am forever grateful for. Um especially being in a band with so many uh incredibly talented musicians over the years. Oh, for sure. And learning from them, learning from the tour experience, meeting fans, connecting with people in that way. But the thing that I ultimately realized and it has just snowballed over the years um was you know, I started off playing drums in that band. Right. And by the time, by the, by the end of the band, I was singing and writing, you know, helping write the songs and stuff. So it's just, my role kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, with doing the EDM stuff where I focused on my songwriting, my voice, like I never have before. And then with this, it's like, I, I write with, a with an incredible writer. Uh, her name is Kimberly George. Oh. Um, her and I, write all the Chad Kowal solo stuff together. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I have seen as a result of this project is this is me at the fullest, fullest degree that I could ever be. And it's really hard to do that when you have band members and it's not even a slant towards like, Oh, they're dampening me or something like that. It's not, it's not like that at all because when you're in a band, sometimes your disagreements and your, compromises make the sound of the band and that's what makes it special but for something like this where it's my solo project i very much feel like i am in control of everything and it's been really fun to like world build that's a big passion of mine is to world build to give 
fans something to chew on that's just rather than just catchy songs. I want to give them something that's fun. It's like a big, I don't know, like a big puzzle or a mm-hmm. game of I Spy or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I don't know. It's just been really fun for me. And I'm really happy to talk to you right now, man, because it feels like right now I'm bringing back some of the things that I think fans have missed from me for a number of years. Uh, and okay. it's done. It's pretty much the perfect time to do so. Cause it's like, I'm taking all the time that I spent learning how to write songs better with, you know, the DJ process, this and that, and learning how to sing better. Mm-hmm. And I'm, a, I'm applying the, those sort of things to bringing in some of the influences that I had from my past. And it's, I, I'm just, I cannot wait for people to hear what's, what's about to come out. Yeah, man. No, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I think that was a really, really articulate way that you put that, you know, going through your past to what your future and your present is now for sure. And Mm. I I made sure, obviously, you know, I've always kept up with what you were doing. I think Alt Pop, the new single that just recently came out, is the thing that probably connected to me the most. And that completely makes sense from what you were talking about, because, you know, I even I watched the music video. And I see you playing instruments. I see you, you know, playing guitar and playing drums again. And I see you almost seem a little bit even more comfortable in your own skin, if that makes sense. It's a great compliment, man. Thank you. No, absolutely, man. And I appreciate it. Like, I totally get what you're doing when you're you're doing your solo material. One thing I want to ask is that when you talk about the world building, the person that's in your video even though this seems like it's the closest to who you are as an actual person, Uh have you created a character? Because if you created this world, did you also create this Chad Kowal character that you're going to be, or we're going to be seeing, you know, throughout this year? I think me at this point, I'm just me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, I think everything that is surrounding me in the world is something that I would consider to be the world building process. Okay. Um, obviously like, cause that was the whole thing with doing this project that kind of made me a little reluctant to do it in the first place was like, for instance, you know, I I keep going back to it, but Farewell My Love, like we had an idea of what we wanted that band to be and like how we wanted to dress. Like it was a vision before it was brought to life. You know what I mean? And that that made it easier for us to be like, oh, well, Chad Kowal and that band will look like this. And then this guy will look like this and, you know, so on and so forth. Whereas when you're standing on your own two feet and you're just going by your name, I, I had the thought of like, okay, well, what should the brand be? And then I initially thought I'm like, you know, it was going to be something that I wasn't. And then I had the epiphany one day. I'm like, you're going under your name. Just do what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, to be honest with you, like I, when I was in the band and I was doing that whole endeavor and stuff, there was so many positives. You know, we we made some great fans. We made some great friends. We got to play shows, you know, mm-hmm. around the U.S. and, you know, abroad and stuff. And but there was a lot of stuff that we dealt with over the years that really dampened my fire, I guess, on the scene, so to speak. Sure. And yeah. it it made me like kind of resist it for a number of years. And I think that's why I leaned so heavily into the EDM stuff and like chopped my hair off and like kind of changed my looks. I was just trying to kind of like try something new and like step outside of that, that world for a while. But the thing, the thing I came to find with this um, endeavor, especially through the new stuff, like alt pop forward, 
was this stuff is in my bones so much that it almost became impossible for me to ignore it anymore. Uh And that's why alt pop, I feel like, although it's not my first song I've put out, I feel like if anybody is going to listen to what it is that I do now is a really good time to start because it's got a little bit of everything that's a part of my journey in there. It's got the yes. hip hop elements and the verses. It's got the big rock chorus, with the guitars and the um, catchiness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The, some of the, some of the things I've, I've been, I've become known for as a solo artist, but some of the things that maybe OG fans would know me of from back in the day, but just seen through a new lens. Right. I, I totally get that. Man, I'm, I'm saying that again, man. I got this crutch that I've been working on. I don't think I said it at all the last show, but uh-huh. <laughs> I swear to you, like two shows ago, I think I said I totally understand like eight times. I got to really fucking stop doing that. Anyways, anyways, that's my own personal <laughs> all, journey that I'm You're that I'm all good, on. dude. Just own it. <laughs> I appreciate it. So let's go back then with okay. Farewell, My Love. We, we don't do. have to talk about the band. I think a lot of people know you from there, obviously. I think yeah. they were kind of a scene staple for a while. That was a band that a lot of people knew. What was it hey, like? you said it, not me. <laughs> hey, believe me. I will, I will completely, I think I said this on the last time you were on, how much of a fan I was. You know, yeah, we man. talked about I Am Ghost and Alice Santa and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I want to know from your perspective, deciding to leave the band because if i'm not Uh mistaken i think you left during the writing process or right after the writing process of the ep that came out in 2018 right and that's when you made that complete change where you say you know cut off your hair change your style Uh you know went to edm what was your decision process like with that because that is obviously such an extreme change so what was that final point that made you go I'm taking control of this. Here are the things I can control. This is what I'm doing. So this is kind of like, I guess, a breaking in some ways. I haven't talked to anybody about this um, interview wise, but I feel like it's really pivotal to my story. So I feel like I need to share it. Sure. Um, When before, when we recorded above it all, when we were in the studio doing that record 2014, the butt end of it, like Christmas time, (laughs) we, we had planned on putting out in 2015 and we basically had run into you know, I won't get into this fully because I can't, but sure. um, it was a year-long process of a legal situation with the record label we were signed to at the time, uh, and sure. it de- it delayed the record a year. And in doing that, you know, time is precious when you're oh, in a yeah. band, especially especially mm-hmm. a band that's like semi-buzzing at the time. And yep. Yep. it was really, really hard for us, man, to to push through and to do the tours and to try to just find our way to navigate it. And by the time we had released above it all, you know, now we're like, I'm seven years into doing this band and you know, the, the album didn't necessarily do what we wished for it to do. Uh And then we went out on a tour around the same time and that wasn't what we wished for it to be. And my, my already kind of dampened sort of spirit was even more dampened. And then we went into 2017 and, you know, we, we had this vision of doing an EP and trying our best to give that like a big push. And kind of around that same time, I was introduced to an old acquaintance of mine uh, named Nino Lucarelli. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the guy who kind of introduced me to Vocal Kitchen, which was the yes. 
public the publishing collective I was signed to where I wrote songs with DJs and it kind of was really fresh and new for me to do at the time. And so I was kind of doing vocal kitchen and the band at the same time. And we went in the studio that summer, I guess it was 2017 in the summer mm -hmm. to do that EP. And it was very fun. I mean, we, we were out there in LA for about three weeks doing that and we got to record at sunset sound and, yeah, yeah. you know, fucking ran into flea from <laughs> chili peppers. I was random. Um, playing some basketball with him in the in the lot or not the lobby, but the little like kind of break area. Oh, nice. Um, anyways, uh, I I, ha I have very good memories of that EP and making it with the guys, and I just think it kind of got to a point where I was I was trying to make myself push for a while to just push through it, push through, keep having that keep having that sort of fire and enthusiasm, and it got to the point where it was just too too hard to ignore anymore, and it wasn't like people when they expect like i guess a split or somebody leaving they expect it to be this like fight of like i hate you guys i'm out and i think for me it was not that it was like my my spirit my soul was just not in it anymore right. and i am the type of person that cannot do something half ass i'm in it fully and or i'm not mm -hmm. and the thing that was hard for me was that band was like my baby. You know what I mean? Like, like Robbie and I formed that in 2011 and we saw it through every stage of lineup change and yeah, two you know, vocalists and then yourself. Yeah. Vocal yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. And then all the triumphs, all the turmoil we went through and it was, it was, it was really, really hard right. for me to, to do that. But it was something, like I said, I, I, I had to do for me and that was why I feel like, you know, I had this moment, uh, maybe about two or three years into doing the EDM thing where my friend Nino that I spoke of earlier, he did a record with a DJ named Kays okay. out there, which I had a song with Kays called, uh, better than this a handful of years ago, yeah. but he's a very cool DJ and he loves rock and roll and he loves a lot of the bands that are in our scene and he's trying to incorporate more of that into his music and they played a show in Amsterdam and I was standing at the back of the venue which is maybe about 2000 cap and nice. they had a whole rock show plant like there was like literally like pyro and Nino was up there playing guitar and I feel like that was when I felt the itch ah. and I was like I really miss this and it kind of was this thing I was not letting myself tap it back into that because I was like no your solo project is this and I was putting those rules on myself again. And it, like this project now to me is the gloves are off and anything I say goes, uh, whether that's something that taps into elements of my past or that's something that's kind of uh, somewhere in the middle. Um, I vowed to allow myself to do the things that I want to do regardless of you know, any of those variables. Cause I, I, yeah. I ultimately, I want to stay happy and I want this to stay a forever project. And the way that I can do that is to get out of my own way and allow myself to really express myself. Very, very interesting. Wow. Okay. So let me just go back really quickly then. So okay. the way, so I was listening back to Farewell My Love a little while ago. And uh -huh. I remember then before, you know, knowing I was going to speak to you again, I was like, you know what, let me refresh again on, on yeah. some of this stuff. And I was listening to the last EP. and. Uh -huh. The first song on the EP, mm -hmm. even though it, it might have been more appropriate to be the last song on it, 
But uh-huh. that first song helped me out. When yeah. I heard that, just hearing you talk right now, that track to me epitomizes everything almost that you were saying. Where if people listen to that track, I don't know if you even remember it that that much. Yeah, I do. But yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> that that whole song. Well, you know, when you when you create, you know, so much good music over the years, I'm not sure if everyone remembers everything that they do. Oh yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that that track where you're basically asking, not only are you asking for help, but you're asking who uh-huh. you are. Yeah, that one to me really spoke. Not only I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna ask. I'm going to ask Chad about this because yeah. we never got a chance to talk about it. But then having you talk about everything that was going on in your life yeah. at that time, it seems almost the perfect, and no pun intended, but the perfect farewell song for what you were doing because at that time you did not seem to know who you wanted to be or who you were. Yeah, that's accurate. And it's that EP is so interesting because I feel like speaking, speaking, I guess on Robbie and London's side mm-hmm. of of the of the stuff like I feel like that was when they were almost at their most rock and in, in their influence and when I was at my most pop of my influence ah. like it was it was just this crazy juxtaposition and I'm like I don't know I I I have I have the the memories of like what I looked like at the time in the studio versus what we were making. And it's like, I, I was already at that point transitioning into what would become like, I guess my look or, you know, my, my, uh, my image during the times I was doing EDM. And it mm-hmm. was just, just a really strange time. You know what I mean? But I think, I think we did craft, um, a great EP during that time. We got oh, to yeah. work with, uh, Callahan who I guess now is primarily known as being the guy who, um, co-wrote and worked on a bunch of the new falling universe stuff like a oh. uh, popular monster popular monster and stuff sure. um but immensely talented producer and yeah i mean just that that time in general was just very very interesting um with all of our influences and where we were at because um again like i talked about us growing up in this project like mm-hmm. you're just a different guy yeah. at 19 than you are at you know 25 26 years old so that inevitably bleeds into the music. No, it absolutely does. So now taking, you know, going through all that now, now you feel that itch. Yes. <laughs> what then after feeling that itch of, you know, seeing the guitar, see, feeling that rock performance, because that was one thing for sure that the band was about as well, was having that kind of theatrical anthemic yes. performance. I mean, that's that's one of the things you guys were known for. So of course. now taking that, what was that next step then? So you went from, hey, I, I, I'm feeling that itch again. I know you put out more singles, but uh-huh. when did you have that step where you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is the world I'm going to create. So it started somewhat with, because the, like the first four songs, um, I guess, Billy Madison through mm-hmm. uh, Burn the Evidence, ah. those songs were all written during the time I was in Vocal Kitchen. Like those were songs that I had even initially pitched like four DJs and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so those songs kind of started the whole project, but they weren't like written through this new lens. And then uh, Outcast, Impatient, Brain Freeze, and Real Boy, those are written kind of after. And I feel like I was, it was leading me somewhere. I I worked on those songs with uh, Steven Gomez from the Somerset. Oh, sure. Um, So he brought a little bit more of that influence in. And then I have, uh, 
he's a he's a longtime friend of mine. He plays in a band called Outline and Color. Um, his name is Michael Skaggs. Yep, I know Skaggs. Yep, he's a world class hustler. <laughs> amazing, amazing dude. Um, he, I saw that he, uh, Outline was in the studio with Joey from the Used. Oh yeah, yeah. and naturally being a massive fan of the used i freaked the fuck out and texted him <laughs> and said dude like how did you do that like like uh, you know what, what what was uh the process for that like and he said that you know he's a pro- he's a producer and you know he works with people and i think he had his email public and so i went back and forth on it for a while because again i was like resisting 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 like the my natural pull to want to bring in some of that and you know mm-hmm. i i kind of just surrendered to the idea of like you know what i'm gonna write these songs that are poppy on my end, but they ha- contain this influence. And I started writing what would become the batch of songs that were on that. And I emailed him and I said, I kind of told him what I was going to be doing and explained it to him. And last September, we went in the studio together and we made four songs. Ah. And it was pretty crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> um, kind of leaning more into because i mean i'm like dude i'm working with the guy from the used like like i'm not gonna have uh some influence in there of like you know i guess the scene sort of sound and sure i um i was in the studio and it was such a surreal moment for me as a fan because i'm like my vocal booth was in a room with literally all of their stage gear and I'm sitting in there just like, I can't, I can't believe I'm here. Like, and, and I'm doing this. And Joey was such an, a wonderful and chill human being mm-hmm. to work on these songs with. And it just felt like a, like a, like a crazy, wonderful moment. Like I'm kind of like rapping on these verses, but the chorus and all this stuff is catchy and it's kind of pop. But then like the guitars are just like hard and like super, you know, high energy and stuff. And yeah. yeah. It just felt uh it felt like it was time, man. I was just trying to listen to my natural influences. And also on top of this, when I crafted those first handful of songs, I hadn't played a show yet. Oh, and okay. after I'd played that show specifically, I started to see my artistry through a different lens. I'm like, I want to make songs that are like really, really fun for me to play live. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, all of these songs that are yet to come out are just like very very fun live songs and i missed that man you know i missed that sort of like i wanted to talk because i was of course i was thinking that we were going to have this uh interview as well so i was just thinking about points or whatever and (laughs) something that something that came up in my brain was Mm -hmm. there is just no energy on this earth like the music that we grew up on Right. right and that was something that was missing from my artistry for a while. And I just was like, you know what? I miss this. And I, I think, I I think because it was starting to become like almost like a little bit more mainstream again, I think I was a little bit more resistant to it. Cause I was like, people are not going to see my true colors in this. They're just going to think I heard, you know, MGK or some shit and then made all these songs. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sure. (laughs) But then I was just like, you know, I don't need everyone to understand why I'm doing these things. If they want to listen to interviews, they'll see my heart in it. Right. But I need to allow myself to do this for me. And I think in this sort of frame of mind, I've crafted, I believe, to be the best songs of my career. Oh, very nice. 
Oh, I really, I really like to hear that. That is, that is always as a fan, that's always something good to hear. Now, yeah. I know you and I have talked about this kind of thing over the years where uh-huh. I, I am very steadfast with the type of things that I like. I grew up in the scene. I, I went uh-huh. through, you know, a rap phase when I was younger. And yeah. then, and, and as soon as I, I think it was like 11 years old or so, I was metal hardcore and then screamo mm-hmm. came along post hardcore you know all that kind of stuff kind of new metal you just kind of made your way through all those genres for me uh-huh. it is very difficult to find a connection to outside styles of music so just like mm-hmm. what you said i find that the most energy and the best live performances and the best shows that i want to be at are in the scene of metal rock all that style of music mm-hmm. i've had debates with people where some people say like i actually had it recently where i was talking to a friend of mine and you know he's in the scene as well and he was kind of complaining about how on the new my chemical romance tour uh-huh. they really didn't put any effort into their stage show and i don't know did you get to see them live recently at all of course yeah so <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right they just kind of had like the skyline backdrop and then oh, they I, go ahead go i ahead. uh i was just going to say that i think your friend is sorely mistaken because uh gerard way doesn't make uh he doesn't make mistakes he doesn't do things that are unintentional i think that what they've done with the backdrop on this tour is yet to be revealed to the fans as to what that is oh so i can see that too right i uh I, 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 you know, it's like you go see the Black Parade tour after the Black Parade came out. You're like, okay, the backgrounds of the Black Parade, you know, and they're wearing the outfits and stuff. Whereas with this, we don't exactly know what the concept for the next stuff is going to be, but mm-hmm. they do. So oh, for sure. Yeah. And also, I would say, and this is this was my my debate with him basically, or my point of yeah. view on it was, I think they wanted to come back relatively stripped down and just show people. Everything that made them who they were came from the music itself. Yes. You know what I mean? They're able to show their passion. They're able to Mm -hmm. show that they're still amazing musicians without all the extras Uh that go along with that, with that big time stage show. That's, that's kind of the way I looked at it. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I think the big thing with them now, and this really resonates with me personally, is they want to love it at whatever that looks like you know if that like on this tour it was so exciting because you never knew what gerard was going to come out dressed like you never knew what the set was going to be like what songs they were going to play or not play or this or that and i feel like that was like their rule this time around is like Mm -hmm. we're going to have fun we're not going to put this crazy pressure on ourselves and man i'd rather see a happy mike cam on stage than one that feels like they have to wear a bunch of clown suits to like feel like people are going to like them. And I, exactly. I think that the majority of their fans can attest that we just want to see them happy. We just want to see them active. And whatever that looks like, I'm along for the ride. Right. And that's exactly my point there, is that I, I'm not going to a show to see the background. I'm not going to the show to see someone lip sync. I'm not going to see or hear the backing tracks and whatnot. Uh-huh. I love it when a band is just showing their passion and their energy through their music. And I've really appreciated, I know not everyone's a huge fan of him, but you know, I just saw Johnny Craig live recently 
And uh-huh. you've, I'm sure you've probably heard his solo material. It's more yeah. on that, you know, rap R&B side. But uh-huh. when he toured on this tour, he had musicians with him. And they changed yeah. the structure and they changed the background of the music so that he didn't have to have backing tracks. He had a bassist and a guitarist and a drummer and yeah. they were playing the song. So that's the kind of thing that I enjoy. And I think for you having that itch of still making what would be considered, you know, pop music to have those yeah. elements, you could take a band and I don't know what the what the rest of the you know EP or singles will be like, but with alt pop. Uh-huh. I could see you going on stage and playing that as a live song and hearing that passion in what you're doing. You know what I mean? I mean, I, and I guess this kind of comes from my, my hip hop influence slash, uh, just kind of observing where things are at with culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a band on stage with me. As of now, I just play with a drummer and I put everything in the tracks, but yeah. My my reasoning for that is not because I don't want a guitar player. Or I don't want this or that. It's like everything comes down to money, man. Oh, yeah. And when you're not right. like with a, with a solo project, it's not like a band where like you got five dudes roughing it out for one cause. Like it's me hiring a bunch of musicians. And, you know, that's why you see those keyboard warriors online that are just like, you know, everything's in the tracks. I'm like, are you going to pay the bill to hire this guitar player? Right. Yes. OK, cool. I'll, I'll bring one out like. <laughs> I'm I I I want to get to a a point where I can have live musicians on stage with me but the the banter that has gone on with backing tracks is fucking astonishing to me that people have the audacity to ridicule people that do that stuff because like me me personally like yeah. I'll just go out here and say this cuz I don't I don't care and I, no, do I it. I'm not trying I'm not trying to hide this I use live live autotune sure when 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 I play live You're right and People have no, or I won't say people, some people that haven't used live autotune before, they have no idea how hard it is to use live autotune. It's not this thing where you're just like, can sound like shit and like autotune fixes everything. Like you got to sing in key or it's going to sound worse than if you had autotune on your voice at all. So, right. right. um, Well, that that comes to the style, right? There's a style of of using autotune where you know, and a lot of rappers have used it and really uh-huh. bad scene bands have used it where it just, uh-huh. it makes that, that bad style of auto-tune, but there's a different type of auto-tune that you're talking about. Look, I appreciate you bringing this up because I had someone yeah. that, I had someone that was arguing with me recently and I try not yeah. to get into internet arguments, but this was someone that I, That's kind of, you know, I kind of <laughs> know it on Facebook. Yeah. I know you've seen, I know you've seen my evolution through the years of of arguing with everybody and then not arguing at all. So that's that's kind of what I do now. But Uh there was somebody who was who was talking about auto tune and the differences. And I was trying to do one point about how I completely understand what auto tune is used for. It's exactly what you were talking about. Uh And and it happens in the studio too. People use auto tune to correct oh, yeah. yeah they use it to correct the little inconsistencies so that you yep. don't have to take 20 takes of your of your vocals you can take mm-hmm. three of them right there's a producer that we worked with on above it all that mm-hmm. said this to me and it will stick with me for the rest of my life i was sitting there tracking vocals for that record and i was trying to get the right take and right take and whatever and he said to me he said you can edit pitch you cannot edit emotion yes and 
that uh, cool. that really stuck with me because right. especially through my process of doing the vocal kitchen stuff, like writing for DJs and recording my own vocals and editing them and Melodyne and all this and that, like I will always pick the take that had the best emotion in it over the one where I hit the pitch the best because you can edit pitch. You know yes, what I mean? Right. Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't make it sound like you're giving your heart and stuff. And you know, exactly. like I don't know, just having experimented with this stuff and used that sort of thing live, I feel like it's my opinion on this. I don't know if this is the world's opinion, so I guess I'll just speak for myself sure. on it, but I you go to shows to be entertained. You go to shows to watch the performer that you like. And there are some people that love to see live musicians. And I'm not faulting them for that because I love it as well. Right. Um, however, um, there's a lot more to playing live than just those aspects. And if we choose to do certain things live, mm-hmm. I think it's our choice ultimately. And the reason, you know, people have people have asked me this question about alt pop. They've said, you know, that's crazy that it's called alt pop because it's way more of a rock record. And the thing that I've said about it is I said I will never ever claim to be a rock fan because it is in my opinion, and I know I'm gonna get crucified for saying <laughs> this, but I think that rock fans are digging the grave of their own genre. By right, we definitely way, need to talk about that. Yes, but go ahead. The w- the way that they cannibalize new bands and and stuff like for me is it's like let's say i go on stage and i play and i only have a drummer i don't have guitar players they would say oh my god who's who's this clown using autotune that has no live musicians and it's like okay fair but then a band goes on stage that is doing stuff real and people will be like oh my god who are these guys they think they're led zeppelin it's like you can't fucking win with these fans (laughs) you know what i mean and and it's 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 to the point where i'm like Listen, people that have those opinions are the 1% and they're not likely going out and buying records and supporting anyway. They're just waiting for for artists to do something that they semi don't like so they can write some nasty comment on Agreed. YouTube. And Absolutely I agree. just, I'm just not playing that game, man. You right. know what I mean? Like I, I grew up from, I grew up playing in bands and seeing a bunch of amazing live musicians and believing in that fully. But I also believe that people have the right to choose to do what they want to do. And if they want to use auto-tune or just put stuff in the tracks or this or that, like, let them do it, man. They chose to do it. It's like people people sometimes will be like, oh my God, is auto-tune. I'm like, you think I didn't, I didn't just pay for a $2,000 rack to run all this stuff? Like, right, right. I know what, I know what I'm doing with, with playing live. I know the decisions that I'm making. And I, I just feel like it's, the genre would prosper so much if people would just stop being so rude to other bands oh, and let them I can experiment. Understand. Yeah. You well, know what I mean? I, yeah. And I don't mean to cut you off there. I, I, you're good. I really do get that. I do want to address a couple of things with, with what you're saying, because I, I do agree. There is a population and it's not only in rock. I think it it's every genre of music that uh-huh. all they're there for is to shit on whatever they want. I don't even want to say hate because when you say hate, it involves a passion. You have to have a passion to say you hate something. So these Uh people, I don't believe, even have that passion for the music they like. I think a lot of them, they just want to shit on things because they think it looks good online. That's that's what I would say to that. Now, for me, growing up in the scene, playing in live bands, playing live music, and then doing a podcast and radio for over 10 years, uh-huh. 
I have supported so many bands. I have purchased so much. Like, I mean, my whole apartment, my closet, everything is full of merch yeah. that I will never use. It's just, yeah. it's just here because I wanted uh-huh. to support bands. Yeah. But the tough part for me is when I go to see a band live and mm-hmm. the perception is that they do not care, that they're lazy and they're uh-huh. not putting any passion into their music. When I see a band with three vocal track backings and uh-huh. I can clearly see that the vocalist is barely singing throughout uh-huh. the entire set, that's the kind of stuff that I cannot get over. And what happens uh-huh. is I paid, you know, whether I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing an interview, if I'm doing uh, photography or something, or I paid for my ticket to the show, I know uh-huh. that I never have to pay for this person again. You know what I mean? I can mm-hmm. just say, well, I never have to go see this person again. And I can tell people, you know, on the, uh-huh. the podcast or whatever, I can say, hey, I saw this band. This is what they were like live. You decide whether or not you want to see them in the future. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's based on the perception uh-huh. of not seeing that passion that I believe should be a part of the live music. And to me, that doesn't. Oh, it is that, the live music. <laughs> say, say that again. Sorry. I said it is the live music. What is the live music? You know what I mean? Uh, bringing the passion to the show. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you don't, and, I, and I'm not saying, once again, music is subjective. Of course. Of course. Your, your tastes are subjective. But I believe that no matter what, I'm not a hypocrite. So if I see a band that I love, a band, like let's say, I think a lot of people know, if fun- Funeral for a Friend is one of my favorite all-time bands. Mm-hmm. If I saw, and I've seen them live multiple times in England, I've seen them here in the States, mm-hmm. I've seen them on Warp Tour, I've seen them in real venues. If I, all of a sudden, if they were playing backing tracks for all their vocals and Uh they were barely singing and I didn't see that passion anymore, you better believe I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, to be, to be fair though, funeral for, funeral for a friend, like they come from a time period where like their whole brand and identity was built around like almost like the same thing as from first to last. Like it's very like kind of like raw and like a visceral sort of approach Mm -hmm. whereas like for instance with 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 my live shows and stuff like i'm throwing backing vocals into the tracks because you're only one person i'm one guy that's doing that sort of stuff and on top of it like you know like like the ways that i'll and this is kind of interesting to talk about because i feel like most people don't fishbowl their (laughs) their live show like this but i'm I'm finding i don't know it's it's fun to talk about but uh yeah Anyways, I like I'll throw the lead vocal in the choruses, but mm-hmm. lower in the mix, so it almost like acts as a double. Yes, right. Um, Understood. But I'm singing. I'm singing everything. Like I'm singing everything live. You know yes. what I mean with it, and you can notably hear like, oh, there's his live vocal, and you can semi hear the stuff in the backing mm-hmm. with it. But I get what you mean because, like, there are artists. You see it a lot in pop too, where like they're they're put on these really long tours and exhausting and they're just kind of up there kind of just like, you know, mailing it in, like not giving their all and stuff. And when people, especially nowadays with Ticketmaster, that's a whole other topic oh, yeah. I, um, right. of charging what they charge and you going to the show, like you want to feel like the artist is really giving their all and stuff. But other side of the coin that I would, I would, I would say as well is, you know, you look at hip hop, and you look about how how they run their shows. Like mm-hmm. you look at somebody like like I don't know like like Lil Wayne. Okay. Like he Lil Wayne is undoubtedly one of my biggest inspirations musically. Like okay. I I've been listening to him since high school, and 
I don't know if you've ever seen him live. I but have not. He has a full band that he tours with. That's very and cool. Yeah, yeah. He play he plays all of his songs live. He's sing he's singing live. He has the auto tune on his voice, oh, of, of course, course but right. but he's got these guitar players and bass players and they're shredding up there. And I'm just like, yes, like this is what I love to see, like the fusion of different genres of music. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just so exciting to me. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's where I'm coming from. So I, I totally get what you're saying about, you know, mm -hmm. the keyboard warriors and stuff like that. I mean, I, I yeah. believe if I'm not mistaken. I think you took a shot at them in all pop. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I completely understand that. I guess the thing is, though, I still, to be quite honest, I don't, I don't consider anything really gatekeeping because I think the consumer is a gatekeeper. I think the whole industry is based on gatekeeping. If you don't like what you see, you don't pay for it, and then that thing goes away. Yeah. What I would say is, right now, people don't really care about how an artist is performing because people are going out to see shows no matter what. You can pick any of the big bands. Like, I, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, probably the biggest thing in the scene that happened when it came to backing tracks was when it was uh, falling in reverse, right? Yep. They didn't, they didn't uh -huh. do a show because they didn't have their laptops, right? Yeah. But falling in reverse, no matter all the controversies, no matter whatever you want to say about Ronnie, all that kind of stuff, they are selling uh -huh. out arenas. They're selling out arenas. And you want to know why? You want to know why, though? I think I know, but I will. You go ahead. Because the 1% of people that are online talking about how their shit's in their backing tracks weren't planning on going to yes. right. any of these shows anyways. Right. And I would also say on top of that, it's because they have molded together so many genres that, yes. to be quite honest, though, I would say in most cases, Falling in Reverse isn't a scene band anymore. They're a no. pop band. And I know pop has a negative connotation that goes with it, but pop doesn't mean popular. It hasn't meant popular in 20 plus years. Pop is yeah. a genre. Yes. That's, that's oh, for so, sure. Yeah, that's what it is. So it's a state of mind too, though, because yes, it's like it comes sure. uh, when, when you hear the word pop, you usually associate it with catchiness and yes. that being like kind of the, the first uh, thing that's important, you know? Right. Right. And I mean, I've, I've on the show over years, I've called bands poppy metalcore or poppy uh -huh. post-hardcore because yeah. there are elements of pop in a lot of the things that everyone does. Unless you're a straight up hardcore band, in most cases, you're going to have a little bit of an element of pop. So I don't think that that should go away. And I think right now, I think alt pop is a great way of describing not only is it the name of the of the track you put out but it's a great way of describing the type of music i've used that over the years on the show of mm -hmm. talking about pop music as a genre but not backstreet boys not whatever summer five oh i what's what's the name i'm sorry i'm so i'm so bad with pop music uh I, I think I think you were trying to aim for a couple of different ones. Oh, okay. Maybe five five seconds of summer. Yes. That's maybe one. one direction. <laughs> yes, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Like that type of straight up pop, right? They uh -huh. they don't mix any maybe they mix some R and B or something. I have no I would assume. But in general, yeah. that's a pop band. But what you're mm -hmm. doing is you're adding the rock element to pop. Where in a lot of cases in the scene, they're adding whatever genre it is, they're adding some pop to it, if that makes yes, sense, right? Of course. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's that's kind of the way I look at things. But I like having these discussions 
because I like seeing the other side of a lot of this. My my concern about Ruck is I think it's dying mm-hmm. because, and not because people aren't going to see it. I think it's dying because people have gone too far in the pop direction. I think that's why it's thriving. Because because you, you think about like something that's so interesting for me to to see with the mm-hmm. radio specifically, like you look at like Sirius XM and stuff sure. like that is there are genres that to me started off almost like exclusively like in the warp tour scene, like stuff with breakdowns and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. dude, I am still shocked. Like, like we have a, we have a radio station out here, out here called KUPD and it's like rock, you know, hard rock sort of stuff. Okay. All right. And I'll put it on. And, you know, naturally I expect like Metallica and Guns N' Roses and this like sort of bigger legacy sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll put it on and I'll hear like new falling universe, new bring me the horizon, new Papa Roach, um, new asking Alexandria. And every time still, I'm like, dang, this is crazy. Like I'm hearing this stuff on there. Like, but here's, here's what, and sorry to cut you off again, but I just, I don't want to miss this point. All those bands you mentioned right there are pop bands. They're not rock bands. So you're saying right now that the scene is thriving because these bands are doing well. Bring me the horizon is not a rock band anymore. They are a straight up pop band. No, I'd argue that, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. Oh yeah, no, no, I, <laughs> absolutely. And we definitely could. I just don't yeah. see, I see more that the scene that I grew up in has now shifted where to me, and, and you grew up in this too, so, so tell me if you don't see this a little bit, but uh-huh. I used to see our scene as being very, uh, I I mean, maybe it wasn't our choice at the time, but we were very Uh segregated from the music industry. We were the scene, post-hardcore, metal, rock, you know, all all these, screamo, all these types of genres where everyone made what they wanted to make. And that's how it was. And it was cool to look different than everybody. And it was just, we don't need pop music. We don't need the popularity. We have our own thing. Mm -hmm. But I think now with the generations that have come up, that these generations, they want to be accepted. They want to like pop music. They want to be popular. They don't mm-hmm. want to be segregated. So now they flock more to bands that are making more popular music where they can say, oh, well, all these people like this type of music. I can like this too, and I'm not going to be different. And I, I know that that might be an alternative way of looking at this, but that's what I'm seeing. When you look at what Falling Reverse used to make and what they mm-hmm. make now, you know, Ron, and I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm just saying Ronnie is rapping and then he throws in one breakdown and one scream. That doesn't make him a, a screamo band. <laughs> Falling in Reverse is not what they used to be. Papa Roach, they he raps. Well, he's, he's, oh, he's been rapping for... 20 years, man. You know well, what yeah, I mean? No, like, true, in their, in but, their stuff. but don't forget, don't forget. Um, and I, I'm blanking on what the name of the album is, but they did one straight up, you know, rock, almost post hardcore album. They've always mm-hmm. had more on that scene side than they yeah. had on that rap side. I, I can even, I can even adjust this to think about the band Hollywood and dead. Oh, it's yeah. a miracle that they're still around, but they are extremely popular. They started out as pretty much straight up rap, but they were kind of doing a scene type thing. And then they oh, yeah. just put out, it was last year, they put out an amazing 
alternative rock album uh-huh. that was better than almost anything I had heard from like some of the bigger bands that Sirius XM was playing. I was like, wait uh-huh. a second, this band is doing it better than yeah. these bands have been trying to do for years, but they don't get the mainstream credit for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, well, sorry, I, I I did not mean to monopolize that. I just I have no, no, you're on you're it. all good. <laughs> Some something I I think is, I guess I I can always just again just speak for myself on this, but I feel like it's my job on this earth in the music realm <laughs> is I challenge myself at all times to be the guy that listens to something that I maybe don't care for, and I find something that I can like in it. Oh, um, good. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whether that's like literally toss it out there. I'm gonna try to do it. Like. I'm going to go listen to Morgan Wallen. I'm going to go listen to Cardi B. I'm going to go listen to Spirit Box. I'm going to go listen to Keith Urban. Like literally anything. And like, I want to find something that I like in it. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, the problem is like, I think the more educated we become as human beings and as consumers of genres of music, the more that we can understand the why of why people do the things that they do. Mm -hmm. I think it helps us to accept the choices that they make because at face value, if somebody goes more pop or they do something where it's more stripped down, the guitars are lower in the mix, whatever, like we assume, oh, they're doing this to get on the radio. Sure. Without Money. accepting yeah. it, maybe, maybe they're doing it because they like feel inclined to want to do that. And it's yes. actually more more of a sellout option for them to do to play the music they used to play because they're doing it to pander to their audience Agreed. rather than following their heart. You know what right. I mean? So right. totally it's agree. just it's it's just different. You know what I mean? And like when it comes to falling in reverse and stuff too, like they had basically given us three or four records of stuff that sounded kind of in the same realm. And at some point you can only do so many breakdowns and, and shredding solos and things like that. Like you want to explore new territory. And I feel like Ronnie, I've been listening to Ronnie Radke's music since 2006. Sure. And, you know, I, I feel like people like that, People like Bring Me the Horizon, there's a reason why everybody copies them because they're not the ones that are bold enough to say, I'm going to stick my neck out and try this new stuff. It's the bands like those bands that do stuff and they they kind of catch the slack for it. Mm-hmm. Like, here, here's a great example. I'll go and I'll go back to this a little bit. Yeah. Um, Lil Wayne put out a rock record in 2010 called Rebirth. I think I heard and of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just haven't listened. He got completely shit on for it. And, you know, he, he tried to play guitar live and everyone's like, Oh my God, he sucks this and that. But again, people don't understand what that zeitgeist does to the music industry. Like somebody like Lil Wayne putting, putting the genre of rock out there. Now you look at hip hop music and what do you see? You see a bunch of people with fucking Liberty spikes and, you know, guitars and their songs and stuff like that you see these things changed and it's mm-hmm. because people like that stick their neck out and they they try something new example when five seconds of summer first started their band mm-hmm. and they started doing shows and stuff they were playing with one direction and they were doing they were playing american idiot as part of their set list ah okay and you have these you know keyboard warrior people online being like oh my god like they're, they're just a boy band why are they doing this and i'm like you know what when I was growing up and I was listening to My Chem and AFI and The Used and all these bands, mm-hmm. I would hear of the bands that they were influenced by and it would make me want to look them up, you know, whether it's like the Misfits or the Ramones oh, sure. or, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, Bad Religion. Um, and the same thing goes for 
Lil Wayne. Like, I know this seems kind of unfathomable, but like, imagine that there's a kid that goes to see Lil Wayne, and that's his first show he's ever seen, and he's like learning about guitars and he's learning about this this live stuff. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go back and dig in the the record box and find all these other things, like maybe Appetite for Destruction and you know the Black Album sure. and so on and so forth, and I just, I applaud people like that so much that try different things because it's not always about a linear path of somebody listening to a genre of music. Like there's, there's so many, like, like for instance, this is another thing that catches slack is a Kardashian will wear like a A Slayer shirt shirt or something. I I look at it as as an opportunity because out of the millions of people that just saw Kim Kardashian wear a Slayer t-shirt, you know, there's going to be at least a percentage of them that become fans of that band because she did that. Well, that's that's what you have to hope. <laughs> you have to you have to hope. It's that's wonderful for the genre. Yeah, you know what well, I mean, I I agree. I would say, and look, I love where you're going with this because I I completely agree with it. What I would like to see, like you've named, which I'm I'm very happy about. You've named more pop rap groups that have done this type of thing. Yeah, I don't see that that often though. So. When we talk about pop acts and stuff, those were from a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing bands in the pop scene now. Like, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Dua Lipa, is that how you say it? Like, I think there was uh-huh. a rumor that Dua Lipa wanted to do a, I don't know, what was it, like a hardcore album or something? And people were pissed off about it. Yeah. That I that's would... Why the, that's- Go ahead. That's go why ahead. the scenes that's why the scene stays in the same spot forever because anytime that somebody tries to do something different, mm-hmm. they say, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. That can't that can't happen." And there's all these rules on it and stuff. But that that is what I would never be against. I would never be against a pop band trying to add in more of the scene into what they're yeah. doing. What I think we see all the time though, and what I think people get annoyed now, and by the way, once again, only a small percentage get annoyed because yes. right now bands like Falling in Reverse are doing amazing. So, yeah. but I'm what I'm saying is I have all of these favorite bands of mine that are turning complete pop and the issue that I have with them and I think and not everybody cuz some people are dicks and stuff for sure they're just looking to rag on somebody, but uh-huh. when I have these bands that I've supported for 15 years since I was a little mm-hmm. kid and I'm like, wow, I understand you can't do the same album over and over again, uh-huh. but your new album is is awful. Like your new album has uh-huh. no passion in it. It has no feeling. There, there are so many times where you can tell, you can tell that this band was not genuine with the change in sound that they were doing. But I, as a podcaster likes having in-depth conversations, I just had for the Fallen Dreams, who's been around for forever, they mm-hmm. just basically put out a poppy new metal album, mm-hmm. and that is not their sound. And then mm-hmm. I just had Archetypes Collide, who have their new album. They're, they're one of the Arizona bands that I was talking about. Nice. Very cool. They have the most catchiest poppy rock, new metal, uh-huh. post-hardcore, you know, whatever, every, every genre. I mean, their name is perfect. For what they do, they're going to put out a album of 12 singles, basically, mm-hmm. that are going to rip up uh, any radio station and whatnot. 
But when I hear these bands, even though they might not be my style, I can feel and I can hear that they are genuine in what they're trying to do. And Mm -hmm. that's all I'm looking for. Even if I don't like it, all I'm looking for is for that, that person to have passion and to be genuine with what they're trying to make. The unfortunate part is I see a lot of the biggest bands in the scene and mm-hmm. I don't believe that they're genuine. I, I just, I don't hear it. And I could be wrong. Music is subjective. But I yeah. hear the interviews too sometimes. You know, I, I don't like listening to a lot of other interviewers because what I do. But uh-huh. I do I do read some of the interviews or I see a snippet of something. And I don't believe for a second that they're genuine with what they're doing. And that's what I don't like. I would never want to stop somebody from adding a genre or whatever. I mean, come on. I fucking loved Attack Attack. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are so many bands that I've loved that have melded genres that I used to get beat up for. Like, I, I could care less about that. But I just, I believe that the problem in our scene personally is the lack of people being genuine and passionate about what they're doing. I feel like the biggest thing that is a problem in this industry, and mm-hmm. we don't even have to stick on the the scene, the scene, the rock thing forever. Like people are fucking bullies. Like just just in general. Like if 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 I don't like something, mm-hmm. you're not gonna catch me in the YouTube comments saying how much I hate it. Oh, I'm yeah, just gonna turn never. I'm just gonna turn it off right. and not listen to it. You right. know what I mean? Like I just People like, like when it comes to doing interviews and stuff like that, like the band might have been having a bad day. They might have just gotten really bad news and then walked right into the interview. And then somebody got the assessment that they're, you know, not feeling their new stuff or sure. maybe they're not feeling their new stuff. Like we 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 don't know. But, you know, it's, stuff like this is so hard, too, because like, you know, you'll for instance, this is a little off topic, but oh, you, no, like, let's say you 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 watch a movie and it brings you to tears and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Then you show your friend and they're like, this is dumb. You're like, how <laughs> could you even think that, that it was not the best thing ever? Like music, music is so subjective. Right. And Agreed. at the end of the day, you know, we love what we love. We don't enjoy what we don't enjoy. But I guess if I could just say something on it, I would just implore people to just try, just mm-hmm. give it a shot. To hop the fence Agreed. and 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 see the other side because you know like i'll listen to stuff <laughs> I, I will walk into listening to stuff that i don't intentionally think i'm gonna like right just to just to be like you know what this is extremely popular there's got to be a reason and maybe i'll walk out of it with just being like the beat was cool that's it you know what i mean that's sure. all i took away from it but i just i i get why fans don't want bands to necessarily make stuff that is too far outside of this. But the question I would propose to said person is, let's say, let's give the example of fallout boy, mm-hmm. because I feel like they, their career is kind of divided into two halves. Sure. Would you want them to make a record that sounded like from under the cork tree? If it made them miserable? No, absolutely not. Nope. That's I think the big, the big, I think it's a great answer by the way. Um, Oh, I've, because I, I've never been you know different I mean? about that. Never. Yeah, because I just uh, I get it, too, because I mean, pe- people like when people fall in love with a project specifically, like if, if let's say if, if a band like you mentioned uh, earlier, like for the fallen dreams, mm-hmm. like if if somebody became a fan now based off of their new stuff, they knew nothing of the old stuff. 
they would feel really passionate about their new stuff. So if the band went back to sounding like their old stuff, they might be like, wait, what's going on? Like, this yeah. isn't the band that I've come to know. Sure. Whereas somebody that might be like um, into stand up and scream, asking Alexandria yeah. record, and then they hear their new stuff that sounds like it could be like, a you know, on a shinedown sort of record or, <laughs> sure. or tour or something. Mm -hmm. They might be like, wait, 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 this, this isn't this. And I can't fault them for that because you know, people have mad nostalgia for what they grew up on and what their entry point of a band or artist is. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's important to, you don't have to make yourself like anything, but just maybe consider trying to see the other side sometimes. You oh, know? for sure. Now, by the way, what do you think, I'll put you on the spot here, see if you can guess this one. What do you okay. think is my favorite Fall Out Boy album? Um, Infinity on High. Nope. Fully Ado. Wow. That's uh, that's surprising. Yeah, and people <laughs> hate that album. I love that record. Yeah, I do. I think it's it's a masterclass in molding basically rock and pop. Yep, it is such an amazing, amazing album that I, I mean, I've mm -hmm. I've done shows before where I talked about this. So I don't need to do it here, but yeah, that's the way I am. Is I I will always, like I said, if Dua Lipa makes a hardcore album, you better believe I'm going to give that a listen. Oh, yeah. First of all, I'm hoping it's awesome. I want to go yeah. into something enjoying my time, even though, now trust me, it is very fun sometimes to rip apart an album. It is, especially when the album you can tell is not made well and it's done by a popular band. Mm -hmm. That that can be fun. I know that's not your thing. <laughs> I know that's not your yeah. thing. but. There have been times where that has happened, and, and I think people do have fun with that. But I would much rather talk for an hour about an album that I loved front to back. I would always rather do that. And I don't care who makes it. I will listen to it if I know that it's in that scene of music that I like. I have tried all other genres, and almost all the time I am going to like that scene of music that I like, mm -hmm. but I will try yeah. everything, but I'm going to be honest with you, Chad. If you come to me and you say, this country artist has this new album out and it's straight up amazing country. I'm going to be uh -huh. like, I'm probably not going to enjoy that. Now, every once in a while, will there be a country song? That's okay. Sure. But I'm never going to gravitate towards that. You know what I mean? I, I would actually love to, this is, this is a great way to bring this up because it, I, I think, uh, this could be a good gateway for you, but okay. Have you heard of an artist before named Hardy? Yes, I despise him. I despise Why is that? him. I think his music's garbage. <laughs> have you ha, have you have you heard, have you heard the rock stuff he's done? That? Yes, I think that song with um ah uh, shit Jeremy uh from uh -huh. A Day to Remember. Yeah, I think that is one of the worst commentaries on music that I've ever heard put to music. <laughs> Believe me, Chad, I tried. Yeah. I tried. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to see if I can make this work somehow. But the only thing I did was laugh and cringe throughout the whole thing. I really did try. Okay. Though. I did try. But like, you, you know me, I can be harsh when I talk about certain things that rub me the wrong way. That album mm -hmm. rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it, it's just hard because I, I, I know from watching interviews with Hardy and stuff, like I know his where his heart is mm -hmm. with things. And he apparently has had the want to do rock since the beginning of it. Oh, and now okay, he's leaning, sure. now he's, now he's leaning into it more. And 
like, you know, he did an interview with Rockfeed. Okay. Um, and they had talked about it and, you know, the interviewer was saying that, you know, he's a big fan of the stuff and this and that. And it's just, you know, fans will, and it's not, again, not to say that we want, we have to like everything, but fans wants the things to be genuine, genuine, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he is doing something that feels true to him. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And I appreciate and, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's being able to see that side. I I just get excited as being somebody who like I I feel like I'm a newer fan of country. Like it's taken me like fucking like thirty years to yeah, right. <laughs> w- want to listen to some country stuff. But sure. I appreciate it because you know you look at the song with Jeremy and it's like feel how you feel about it. There are people that are gonna like now listen to you know homesick and what separates me from you because they heard that Hardy record with him on it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like it, it, there is a possibility. The right. Well, that's yeah. it. But then what if they listen to your welcome and then they're like, "Ugh, this is gross. Why would, why would I want to listen to anything else? See, that's the thing. I think being a critic or speaking honestly about how you feel about something, there are times where there are quote unquote bad records. Mm-hmm. Not everything is going to, and I'm not talking about, uh, let's just say, look, pretty much you can say almost everybody in our scene loved A Day to Remember. Yeah. Loved them for the longest, uh-huh. longest time. And then people started going, oh, you know, these albums start sounding very similar. You know, oh, I wasn't a fan. You know, I liked them back in the day, blah, blah. But then mm-hmm. no matter what, you get to your welcome. And I have still yet to meet any person who likes that album. I mean, it just depends on who you're talking to, man. Because I, I, like, there's, I'm not, I'm not super well versed on that record. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm more familiar with, like, I don't know, uh, what was the Common Courtesy? Like, sure, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that's a great th- album. That one, yeah, yeah. that one separates me from you, Homesick. Like, those to me were like my ones for them. Mm-hmm. I, I hear the new stuff, and it does. It's not necessarily my cup of tea per se. Right. Um, but I mean, but when you I, look at album sales. When you look at streaming, uh-huh. you can you can put and I'm not. And by the way, I will never, ever say that something is good based on the amount of streams or, or the yeah. amount of money that an album makes. I will never say that because I don't agree with that whatsoever. Uh-huh. When you have a band, though, where you can trend, you know, the listenership and, and all that kind of stuff, I believe a little bit more in stats in that way. And I uh-huh. think that album shows how poorly that was received and when you listen to it i think you can tell why it was poorly received well it's just people people have come to uh especially with, with a band like them like they've been a band since what like 2003 or something or yeah, maybe someone, even earlier maybe a little earlier yeah, yeah. you know they, they've they've put out so much music that has become they've become synonymous with that sound and i think mm-hmm. that people Love that so much, but I mean, how how many albums albums are they into this now? Like they're oh, that was like their eighth, I think. Yeah, they're eight eight albums. Like I'd be bored to tears right. of, of doing doing the pop punk breakdown thing. But it's guess like, what? God, tell tell huh. me this though. Did you did you hear their song they did with Marshmallow? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. rescue me. That was a great fucking song, and yeah. that's coming from me. You yeah. see what I mean? Like there are times where you can say, "What a great molding." Of uh-huh. the of these songs, and then I saw them do it live, and obviously Marshmallow wasn't there, but they they just made it more rock. Yeah, and that's a yeah, fun yeah. that's a fun song. So I don't know, I I totally get where you're coming from. Of uh, I I think 
obviously music is subjective, yeah. but I enjoy having these types of conversations with you. And by the way, I want to hit something too. Obviously, we got to make it back to your music. I love this conversation, but we got to make it back to, <laughs> to actually your music. Yeah. But yeah, I will say too, and people get on me about this all the time, but you bring up, you know, a Kardashian wearing a Slayer t-shirt and, you know, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all that stupid stuff about like, oh, see someone wearing a shirt and you're like, name three singles. Who can name singles anymore? Who listens? Mm-hmm. To, you know what I mean? Like you just go ahead and you listen to to what you listen to. I'm not looking down at my Spotify, you know, as I'm as I'm listening to bands. But that's besides the point. Uh-huh. What I have always been a, a fan of saying and and continuing with, and I've still never done it to this day. Uh-huh. I would never wear the band T-shirt that I am going to see. I would never wear that band's T-shirt to the concert that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I would never do it. And the reason isn't because the movie PCU says, you know, don't be that guy. That is not the reason. The reason mm-hmm. is because I like the idea of going to see a show. Once once everyone's in a venue, they are there to see the bands. In most cases, they're there to see the bands that are going to be on stage that night. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to see Black Veil Brides, I don't need every person in the fucking venue to be in a Black Veil Bride shirt. Because mm-hmm. then I have nobody to check out. But if I'm if I'm walking around and I see an interesting shirt or I see someone who a, a band that I love or something, I can say, oh, hey, you know, like, that's a great band. You know, hey, thumbs up, you know, whatever. Sign conversation of the starter, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, it's conversation. And it's also what if you've never heard of that band before? Then yeah. you can be like, oh, shit, I'm going to check out this new band or a band that's new to me. Yeah. I why wear the same thing so you can be part of a herd? Why why be the sheep when you can all help each other out by being your own unique person within a unique scene? Yeah. That's that's what I like. I I that's why I'm like anyone wear whatever shirt you want. I want to see something new. I want to yeah. see something that I want to check out. Yeah, no for sure. It's it's uh it th- that that's just a really simple like I guess human principle of like do what you feel inclined to do. You know what right. I mean? Like re- regardless of, of anything. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. So sorry, man. We, we went on <laughs> extreme. <tangents. laughs> You're all good, dude. Is there, hey, is there anything the, else? The, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. These are necessary. These are necessary conversations to have. And I feel like they're usually ones that aren't the easiest to have because, mm-hmm. you know, there might be different opinions and stuff, but that's exactly why they should be happening. Exactly. That's why I've always loved talking to you about this stuff. I, I really, and uh, like I was saying about the autotune guy that, I invited him on the show. He, yeah. He's not a, he's a nobody. He's a, he's a, you know, whatever. I was like, come on the show and we'll have a legitimate debate. Like, I'm not going to call you names and say you're wrong. Like, we're just going to yeah. talk and people can hear your side and they can hear my side and people can decide on what they feel like. And maybe they'll agree with you. Maybe they'll agree with me. It doesn't matter. I like having these types of conversations and i think yeah that too many people don't it, it goes to politics it goes to religion especially politics nowadays mm-hmm. if someone doesn't agree with you you're like that person's the worst person ever and they'll never be in my life like yeah i, I don't want that i want to have these real conversations because you might say something that i completely agree with which you have multiple times in this in this episode so mm-hmm. yeah man i it, it's I, I very much appreciate you taking the time to do this because I know you're one of the people that will actually have these kind of conversations with me. Yeah, no, I'm for so sure. Lonely. Dude. 
(laughs) (laughs) I, um, I feel like the biggest thing is being undereducated, man, that's a a dangerous spot to be in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think when people see a band, like, like for instance, I'm going to go ahead and make fun of myself real quick. If that's cool. Um, (laughs) So if somebody goes and sees alt pop, Mm -hmm. they're going to say, who the fuck is this guy with blonde hair? He must've just heard MGK and just formed a project or this or that. Like they're not going to know all my past. Right. They're not going to know my first concert I ever went to was the black clouds and underdogs tour with fallout boy from first to last Hawthorne Heights and all American rejects. Like what a tour. They don't know my story. Right. But if I was to sit down with said hater and explain this stuff to them, then they are able to see my point of view better and be like, oh, okay. These like pe- people, this is what it boils down to. People love things that are genuine. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's doing something and wearing a minor threat t-shirt or something that they genuinely believe in, mm-hmm. people want to know that. And I feel like that's the big thing with especially stuff and this sort of scene and stuff. They want to they want to know that what they're consuming is is real. Right. And by having these conversations, you know, I appreciate you wanting to have this conversation because to have it is not always easy, but I believe that having conversations that are worth a shit aren't, and they ultimately end up, you know, we're able to see each other's sides and it really puts us in a better place as human beings. And I just, I, I, I would encourage everybody to have more conversations like this. You don't have to walk out a, a Dua Lipa fan or this or that, like you can still love what you love if that's how you feel at the end of it. But right. at least putting your foot for forward to like try, mm-hmm. I think is, is commendable, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go look up that Lil Wayne album. Do it, dude. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I, well, that's the, what the, I the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to hate it. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you, I, you checked out, I, mean? I checked out, who was it? I think it was uh, T-Pain. I think it was T-Pain just put out a, uh, an Black album Sabbath, of covers, right? right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he put out that album of covers. So I listened to War Pigs and look, it was not for me. I did not like I did not like how he did War Pigs. But Hey, uh, Geezer Butler loved it. Well, yeah, and and that's great. I just I can't connect to it, you know what I mean? I I yeah, can't. Yeah. But I listened to um uh what was the Journey song? Ooh, I got I got to hear this. Crap. It, I think it was it was one of the first it was one of the first songs on the on the album. But I was like that's an interesting structure yeah. that that he did for that song now will i listen to it consistently probably not but yeah i appreciated what he tried to do yeah of course yeah. so i i appreciate that i appreciate that thing now i will say when you go to when you look at alt pop you did kind of take some shots at people so people oh, yeah. people might not be as <laughs> as like hey let's sit down and talk about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, again, like I, I owe it to people. We all owe it to, to the world to be our genuine selves. And that song to me was like, all right, let's, let's, let's let them have it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, in the music video too. Yeah. No. Well, the music video has its own very, very specific narrative that, you know, is going on there. Ah, but, okay. All right. I got you. It, I mean, I yeah. saw the suit guy with the big blockhead, So I, yeah. <laughs> I figured that played a little bit into that stuff but i am i'm really interested to see where the narrative go and uh, goes sorry and and like i said man it was really catchy and that isn't lost on me pop songs aren't always easy to write 
And to oh, write no. something that's catchy is not easy. To make a number one hit is not easy. So mm-hmm. I always appreciate no. the work that goes into that. But I especially, like we've talked about, I especially like the addition of musical instruments. That is always oh, going to be a big thing for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, the the thing for me that with this project and with this narrative that I've got going on is, you know, I just want to give people more. Like, and and the other videos I've done and stuff, like I, it was it was like a very simple concept that was kind of a one and done. And then this this narrative, like. Have you seen have you seen the video yet? The music video? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically I started writing this in maybe October, November time. Okay. I originally had an idea for I can't say what the song title is, but it's one of the new ones that will be out next. Okay. I had an idea for one of the shots to have me in a red room surrounded by chattering teeth. Like those little teeth that you can oh, yeah. wind up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of sat on that, was chewing on that for a while. And I said, I feel like there's more here. And so I ended up coming up with this narrative of a group called The Chatter. And it's basically run by these people that want to essentially put a message out there just to get people to follow them blindly so that they can then control them and control, by and large, the world because of it. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. And my whole thing is... I'm trying to find their headquarters and break in and play my message, which is a ah. message of, you know, embracing who you are and not falling victim to these narrow-minded narratives and stuff. And nice. you know, you'll see you'll see in the video that I don't even get to make it to the headquarters to to find the leader because I get taken by one of his like henchmen. Mm-hmm. And um, I end up, you know, you can watch the video, but I uh <laughs> I still have not come face to face with the leader of the chatter and I won't until the next music video, Ah, but it's very, it's very much, uh, mirroring the world. I I felt that when I watched the first cut of the video back, I'm like, I wrote this and it's like, quote unquote, this like fantasy or, you know, created fictional narrative, but I feel like it mirrors society in so many ways. And like the, the fact that the chatter is like he, he has like a lip mask. Mm-hmm. It's meant it's meant to mirror like the way that society is with gossip. Um, oh, sure. The henchman, his head looks like a big like computer screen or yes. a TV. Mm-hmm. It mimics, you know, kind of the way that social media, how I believe it, is done some good, but it's also like done some very bad things for society. Absolutely. Um, and ultimately, you know, the fact that they're in business suits that harkens to, I guess, the idea of music business people and how, you know, they're can have a tendency to have a bad rep. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's uh, in good reason. Sure. Um, and all the members of the chatter, they have red hands and it's to symbolize that everyone is guilty of this. And ah, sure. OK, I feel like it's important with this narrative for people to understand what's going on with it or or otherwise it'll kind of just kind of be like, Oh, that's cool visuals. They won't get the point, but ultimately the point of the music video and of this next era is I'm trying to stop the chatter from using their narrative to destroy the world. And I'm trying to broadcast my message to the world, which is to, I don't know, 
to be true to who you are and think for yourself and allow yourself a chance to to live in that skin. You know what I mean? Because some, sometimes, I mean, like, especially with politics and stuff, like people will just blindly believe anything oh, and yeah. they'll believe it with all their heart to the point where like they can't even have conversations with people anymore. And I just... exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it, it, this this narrative of the chatter very much mirrors society and where we're at. I really like that message, man. I'm a Thanks. big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. I am looking forward to hearing the rest of the narrative, seeing the rest of the music videos as well as obviously listen to the music as well. I think that's a good segue into I know you were doing your planning. Do you yeah. have an idea of when that next single is going to be coming out, that next music video? So I am trying to meet with uh, the guy who directed it uh, coming up here in the next like couple weeks mm-hmm. for us to kind of plot out what the next single, like the, what the music video is going to be. I, I, I basically have like a bullet point list of like where we're starting and then where we need to end up okay. and then figuring out how that's going to play out. Because again, like this is the type of narrative where I almost have to find out where I'm going to be at the end of 2023 with the other songs that are coming out because because oh. these so- these songs are in batches. Like there's going to be alt pop is going to be I don't think if I've even said this on socials and stuff too, but like alt pop is going to be an EP, okay. and um, there's going to be four songs on it, and the songs like lyrical content wise they don't go with this narrative. They're kind of like self contained, but the narrative of the visuals goes with these things. I see and this this narrative of the chatter and the state of my world that I'm building, it's going to stretch from this EP to the next EP that I'm going to be releasing later this year. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so we we have to think really far ahead to, right. to plan like, uh, well, we can't do that because that would affect what's happening here and this and that. So my long, long answer <laughs> for <laughs> no when, no when, worries, when, when people can expect new music is, I want. I expect the full EP to be out in June. Okay. And I believe that the next single should hopefully be maybe in early May. That's my goal. Okay. All right. That gives that gives people time to digest alt pop itself, yes. and then uh-huh. get prepared for what's to come next. So that's. I think that sounds like a pretty good schedule to me. Y- yes, absolutely. And I'm really excited for the next one because. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be the biggest song of my career. Wow. I, I just based based off of the feeling I get when I listen to it, mm-hmm. it feels like I mean, I love alt pop. I think it's great. Yeah. But there's something about this next one that just feels like a hit. And it's exciting because it's not necessarily like Fans that have listened to all pop and 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 kind of digested that they'll they'll understand what I mean by this. But like, the next single has a little bit of everything of me, but just intensified a bit. Like, ah, okay, you know what I mean. Like the 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 theme of rock is not lost on me. I'll just say that. Like okay. it's 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 very much going to continue in these new songs. Like this feels like something that's going to be around for a while, um, genre wise for me and my artistry and stuff. Um, both with this EP and then the next one too. And I just, you know, there's been a lot of fans that have 
kind of come out of the woodwork with alt pop and they've, you know, they've been engaging with my stuff, you know, from, you know, back in the farewell days and this and that. And it just feels like with the next one, this is going to be the moment where we all can kind of celebrate together and be like, this is, I just feel like it's gonna be a really special moment. So I'm very thrilled to be able to show that to the world when it comes out. And I'm just very, very grateful to anybody who's along for the ride because shit is only going to get crazier from here. So, um, strap in. Very cool. Okay, Chad, I completely, once again, I'm gonna say it. I completely agree with everything that you said, and I am excited for everything that you have coming up. I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation after, you know, so many years of talking back and forth. I was really glad to be able to hear not only your opinion and your feelings about what you're doing now, but also, you know, in the entire scene and everything that you see going on around you. I think the key word recently has been genuine. And I've yeah. always found you to be a very genuine person. So those are the thank type you, man. of people. I appreciate it. Likewise. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, absolutely. I Like I said, I, I'm not blowing smoke. I only really like to have the people who are genuine on the show. And if it turns out that the person who's on isn't genuine, then I, you know, I know that you can kind of suss that out. And that's never been a problem with you. And that's why I'm always able to connect some way with the style of music that you're making is because I can tell that's what you want to be doing. You know, you, you evolve into what you want to do. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm going to have links in the description of the episode so that people can watch alt pop so they can listen, so they can get prepared, not only listen to your previous material, but then also get ready for when you have that next lineup of material that we just discussed when that's all ready. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you? I mean, through Spotify, you know, sharing, sharing my songs with your friends, sharing, sharing really any, any sort of links that you find of mine, whether it's music videos on YouTube, any of my stuff that's on streaming sites, I'm at Chad Koal on most of social media. But if you, if you feel inclined to, and you, and you hear my stuff and it inspires you and you, you enjoy what it is that I do, just share it with a friend. You know, I, I make what I do for the masses and Mm -hmm. I'm, trying my best to share it with people the best I can through marketing, but oh, it's tough. damn, yeah. sharing, sharing it with your friends is one of the most powerful tools. So right. I would say just, uh, I've been very appreciative of all the support I've gotten on alt pop so far. And if you still feel inclined to, uh, share it with people that are close to you, I would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, once again, like I said, I will have links in the description of the episode so that I will make it very easy for people to share it and to listen, share it with their friends, all that kind of stuff. That should be fine. But man, after six or seven years <laughs> to be yeah. able to do this, I'm just glad both of us are still in the industry <laughs> to be yeah, able to damn, do this. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy. And it just makes me feel like I'm, I'm in the right position in life is I'm 31 years old mm-hmm. and I've been doing this shit since I was 14. Yep. And somehow at 31, I'm more passionate about doing this than when I was 14. Oh, and that's awesome. I, I feel like that speaks to me being where I need to be. So right. I don't know, man, just if anybody's out there and they're, they're trying to chase after something that they want to do and you're, you feel, you know, kind of beat down by it. Just, just please keep going because 
things are inevitably going to get better if you just stick to what it is that you love to do. There you go, man. Look, I can't even I can't even say anything else after that. That is the perfect way to end Boom, this episode. Mic drop, done. Yep. Bam. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chad, man. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. Thank you for having me.